unfiltered, uncensored, and unapologetic. This is the Retail War Zone Podcast. Tonight, everyone, we have the esteemed Sean William Brown with us, host of the Dear Customer Podcast. Um, I just want to throw out some condolences to Blame Tag, who is not here, and he's very upset about it. So he might pop in and uh, show him some love, send some, what is it, thoughts and prayers to Blame Tag right now, you know, as, as he's missing this. But anyway, Mr. Brown, what I'd like to do is kind of give everybody a snapshot of what you've done in this wonderful business we love to hate kind of how you got started doing the podcast and talk about your books as well. I worked at, I was, uh, worked at Kohl's, JCPenney, Walmart, Barnes and Noble as, uh, either loss prevention manager or manager. And then I've worked for loss prevention for Macy's. I even forget where else I've worked loss prevention. Cause when I was in my twenties and I was drinking loss prevention, working at a store was just a way to meet girls horse around at the job <laughs> so Fair i worked enough. at a bunch of weird, weird places grocery stores um worked in the city of minneapolis where there was just wild and wild and crazy um but the jack london part is that i just wanted to write what i know so that's what i started writing retail books the dear customer book about working in a coffee shop and walmart i don't belong here but working in a inner city walmart so yeah, that's how we're here. Man. And the podcast just kind of came about, yeah. Man, the term inner city Walmart should frighten everybody. Yeah, I had no idea what I was getting into when I uh, <laughs> took a job there. Mm. So, um, w- which would you say more was your forte, the just the management aspect or the LP? Um. Hmm. No, I'm a, I'm a much, I was a much better manager than I was at loss prevention. Um, I, I, I don't know. I should say, I should say the part about loss prevention that I liked the most was honestly just like catching employees, like putting together kind of puzzles about employees, stealing vendors, stealing interviewing people. But that was like very few and far between. And most retailers have loss prevention around just to blame them for random things. So uh, audits and kind of stuff like that. It just kind of sucked. Um, where I really liked hiring people and building a team and, you know, just finding people like you can find people who like to have fun and are productive in retail. Like that's like the key. They're hard to find. They're hard to hire. But when you find them, it's like, geez, we're going to work and we're kind of having fun in a way. Sometimes it's shitty when you got to get memory cards and rewards cards and credit cards. But if you can have a team like that, it's fun. That was always my goal as a manager. So let, let me, uh, I want to ask you an LP question real quick, since you were in pretty deep. Do you buy into the 60% of theft is all internal? Uh, 60% of theft is all internal. Hmm. It would depend on the store and the company. It seems high. Um, I guess what I found in a lot of uh, loss prevention jobs, 
is a lot, a lot of the theft really was, or not the theft, the shortage was paperwork errors. Just by stuff, we didn't write down damages, the home office fucks up and miss, uh, can we swear on this? Absolutely. Okay, good. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> drop a fuck bomb right off the bat and be like, whoops. Um, but employee theft is a lot of it, especially if you have a shitty management, a shitty company, and people who, uh, you know, you hate working for, like, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? You're going to quit. Why wouldn't people steal? Um, but 60% seems pretty high of of all theft is internal theft. My, Again, it depends on where you're at. My entire career as a store manager, I have heard that numerous times. The, the, the DMs try to spout off, you know, 60% of theft is always internal. And I never saw it, ever. It wasn't even damn close. And I agree with and if it, the damages and stuff like that. I, that That's where I think the majority of shrink comes from. Oh God, we would have, I remember being at JC Penney's and we contributed like 99% of the shrink to how they were, um, coding drapes. Wow. <laughs> so they were mispricing drapes through the inventory pro- process. It was like, you know, a hundred million dollars shrink for the company and, and just some idiot loss prevention guy figured it out. Wow. But yeah. And and a deterrent to internal theft is good hiring. So if you have if a company is hiring shitty managers or people who have never interviewed people who are hiring good looking girls, good looking guys, people that they like to party with, family members, well then your shrink is already gonna be higher right there. Um when I was at Kohl's, they would go lean and mean on payroll. They would just hire people right out of college. You got a college degree, you're hired as a manager. Like that only goes so far. Oh, I never hate that shit. Manage somebody, and it was it was a disaster. Like it never, their payroll was low, but it never worked. And then they were partying, you know, pretty much with their employees, and that leads to so yeah. So if it it could be sixty percent, but if you're a good manager and you're hiring being good to people it's usually much lower i'll give you a frightening number when i first took over a dollar tree in a rough part of town the inventory came back and it was i wasn't responsible for it because i'd just gotten there wrap your head around this one sixty thousand dollars <laughs> that's that's like sixty thousand pieces of merchandise <laughs> <laughs> and what would be that store's sales for the year oh maybe two million <laughs> yeah so then you're on all the fun uh, high shrink. Oh yes, it was terrible. Audits and all that BS. We had, yeah. we had fucking door seals. Every time we took the trash out, we'd have to put a new seal up, just like you would have on like on a truck or whatnot. And it was just insanity. But when you when you look at it, like I mean, that was like a full semi of Dollar Tree goods that just went poof, you know. And no, that wasn't employees i mean shit you know you didn't have shit for staff and i remember on a busy saturday me and a cashier with lines on the register and people walking out the door baskets full of goods waving at me as they go out like hi look what i got bye yep i mean how low do you have to be to steal from a dollar store (laughs) (laughs) Eh? i guess it doesn't surprise me just seeing everything you see working in retail um, another LP question for you since you've worked in it. Have you ever heard this like urban myth about Target being a cover for a security company? 
I have not heard that. I will say that Target uh, invests, at least did, invest tons of money in um, loss prevention, like random loss prevention technology and people... Like there was a rumor they were uh, they were using like face recognition software, and I remember being like Jesus, like you know we can't even get a, a, a our schedule on the computer and their uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they got facial recognition software and so I guess I I've always thought that they spend a lot of money on just random stuff, but I've not heard specifically no I've, not that rumor. I've researched it and I heard this many many years ago that the the parent company or I guess you'd say the black money that goes into Target that it's a surveillance company that is behind Target, and I heard this like decades ago. In, so, like, the idea is they're surveilling everybody who comes in there to, like, gather information about them? No, kind of thing? no, that, like, Target was kind of like a cover for the fact that the the core organization was a surveillance company. Kind of like a front. Mm-hmm. That is insanity. Uh, oh, and Justice for Evan just posted in the chat, Kroger has been known to use face recognition. Uh. Wow. <laughs> and you're right. We can't get schedules to damn work, and we got companies out there like <laughs> like doing minority report bullshit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we can't get the the most minimum, basic, helpful thing that like if everyone could see your schedule, it would be really nice. No, nope, we got to post it on a bulletin board uh, the day before. So let, let, let's get into a little of that. You know, you've got a lot of experience in the business. You've written books. You know, pick a topic, something that just gets under your skin that irritates the ever-loving shit out of you that we can just discuss and rant about you've got to have something that's like a like top of mind that aggravates you anytime you hear or see it well there's like a million of them but let's uh let actually we could like start with target because i feel like um so target i live in minneapolis and target this is where target's home office is and we will have these endless articles in the newspapers about how great everything is. Just like everybody loves working there. Things are going great. They're making money. Just like like every week about how great everything is going in retail. And then you hop on social media and you see there's no employees there. The, uh, the aisles are empty everybody's there's all these crazy shoplifting videos and it's like are these retail home offices like paying these reporters to make things look like everything's great it's like a very odd thing to me and it seems that like all um even like jc penny will have articles in like business insider about how everything how this is great employees are so happy here no one that's but bullshit. like but like why i don't get it well, I think oh, something I saw today, I mean, I think Kroger's a prime example of that shit. I mean, they're like this media darling here recently, and you're hearing all this good shit, and then you've got like all these reports talking about how all their employees are basically in poverty and shit. I mean, you're you're <laughs> right. They've got to be paying people off. Got to be. 
It's very weird. It's very weird, these reporters. And sometimes I'll interact with reporters who post kind of their own stories about just like, what the hell are you talking about? And they never reply and they never, you know, they just go away. I don't even know if the reporter's real. Oh. It's a very weird thing that's like across the world about make this look like everybody is happy. Yeah. I I don't, I mean, J.C. Penney's, you know, when you when you talk about pennies, that invokes images of Kmart for me. <laughs> You know, because I think they're probably on the same damn trajectory. J.C. is just a slower burn than Kmart has been. But you're right. I mean, God, look, just look at t- retail Twitter. They ain't nobody happy. <laughs> I remember being at I uh, interviewed for this position with J.C. Penney and they flew me such a waste of money. You want to know why J.C. Penney's is going down? There's a big reason why. So they had this humongous, it was in Plano, Texas, humongous home office building. They had a robot that delivered the mail. They had a restaurant inside, a bar. It was ginormous. All of these regionals and vice presidents and consultants, and they're all just having the happiest time. Free lunch every day, free snacks. No money into the store. No extra help, no extra coverage. It it seems like everyone who works in the store is just like, oh, well, you know, if we had three more people, life would be pretty easy. And home, every home office retail is like, no, 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 no. We're going to hire a consultant and they'll help your job become easier. Wow. So Hero says JCPenney and Sears had the same playbook. And the, the reason she's saying that is uh, similar. So you got to go out to Plano, right? Yeah. All right, so I got to go to Hoffman Estates in Chicago, which was yeah, you know, which was Sears and Kmart's, you know, headquarters. And I walk into this place the first day, and I'm like, no fucking wonder these stores are broke. It is. The, <laughs> it, it was the most outlandish. Uh, thing i had ever seen i mean you could and they bragged about you could live in that building they had like two hairdressers like two auto shop places where your cars could get worked on uh full restaurants and whatnot i'm like what the fuck is going on here you know we we can't get you to come fix a wall that's letting rats come in but you got this shit going they got like marble benches sitting out of the wall and like waterfalls and all the and they had adam levine out there you know pawning off some cheap ass damn guitar Kmart was going to sell and I'm walking around this joint and it's huge it's straddled like a county line and I, the entire week week I was there I only saw the words Kmart twice in two different places everything else was Sears but I'm like Jesus God almighty and they rented geese that is the first time I ever heard that kind of shit we go in this big ass cafeteria and and, and they brag about it Oh, yeah, we, we've got geese out there in that pond. We rent them. They're the kind that have their wings clipped or whatnot. They can't fly. And I'm like, you're losing people's severance packages. You're not doing anything to your stores, but you're up here renting fucking geese. Renting geese. Yes. Craziest, <laughs> craziest fucking thing I've ever heard and ever seen. And the, the same company bragged about their, I mean, they had this magnificent cafeteria. It was like a food court. 
like upscale food court. Anything you wanted. There was like a little separate restaurant. And they bragged and they're like, oh, well, this is the second uh, largest cafeteria operation only to the Pentagon. Jeez. And I'm like, you guys can't send us security tags to put on merchandise. But you got this shit going on? I remember at uh, Barnes & Noble, so the, the Target was paying $5 more than we were. It was like fi- it was right when $15 hit, Barnes & Noble was saving $10 or, or, or starting at $10. And so someone who had worked there, uh, you know, like three years was making like $10.75. They got offered the $15 an hour and they asked us, you know, can you go up 50 cents more? And of course, HR and the home office is like, no, 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 we can't go up 50 cents more. So like that month that gets denied, I was an assistant manager. I fly to Chicago where the Barnes and Noble regional office was fly there in one day to get a town car to this hotel, meet the uh, regional vice president for 30 minutes, who had also been at our store like a week before, but had not interviewed me. Take uh, we take the town car to lunch. Uh, we take the town car back to the airport, and then I fly home. <laughs> wow! But we won't. This ridiculous waste of money for something that we could have just done on Zoom, or she had been there. But we won't fucking give somebody who was literally like driving sales, creating great customer service, fifty fucking cents more. Damn! I think. I think we moved on to uh, home office spending and uh, <laughs> idioticness. Yeah, Defuck uh, today and I work together. Um, I'll just say the company. I don't fucking care. But we were managers for. You ever heard of a store called At Home? Mm-mm. They're like a home decor places. They're called At Home, the home decor superstore. Their corporate office is out in Plano as well. And we were getting all these emails about we these like the building that I ran was as big as a fucking Walmart, and I had like twenty five people on staff. The, the, and they bragged about they ran this lean payroll model. So they cut all our payroll, and we didn't have shift payroll to begin with. And then they're like, "Oh, by the way, we're going to send you out to the Gaylord Texan in Texas for this like three day manager shindig." Now, I don't know if you're into gaming or anything. The place is big enough. With the weekend we flew out, they had just hosted QuakeCon. And oh, geez. Yeah. And so I get there and I walk in this hotel room, this hotel. And I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, my room number was like 700 and something. The place, the Dallas Cowboys stayed there before their games. And they had open bar. They rented out a nightclub for the night. Just all this spending. And I'm like, you guys could have canceled this shit and gave us the payroll. But nope. Every home office, yeah. Every home office. It seems like everyone who I've met works, who has worked in a home office is almost just like, I'm going to grab everything I can get while I'm here, and I don't give a shit really about uh, anything that goes on in the store. Mm-hmm. There's a few helpful ones, but not really. And then, And then they can just blame everything on the store, you know. We had the same thing at uh, at Barnes and Noble and Walmart. We had at Barnes and Noble. We had a dying company it has no answer for Amazon. We had a store manager meeting in Florida. 
Sarah McLaughlin played. Oh, <laughs> like why? Why much are we paying her? A lot, because I'm Meanwhile, sure her guarantee I'm, I'm, was like, huge. Me and one other person are running the store after 7 p.m. just so you can make payroll. There's no, there's one, there's you and somebody unloading the truck in the morning so you can make payroll. Oh, man. So out of the companies you listed, which was the worst? Uh, the worst. Um, well, Walmart is just so busy and so big and there's so many crazy people. Um, but with a few changes, I guess it, it, I don't know. It could be great. Like it's not that hard, but it's just, it's never gotten there. (laughs) You know, like you could be decent to people, but it's just never gotten there in 20 years. So real real quick i've got to give a shout out for this fucking quote are you ready for this so proto rates chimes in and he was talking about you talking about sarah mclaughlin and asking how much they paid her he said that budget was in the arms of the angels that week (laughs) (laughs) damn now i've lost my train of thought that was great (laughs) no you're talking about walmart how busy it was walmart so Walmart, there's just so many crazy people there. It's so big, whether it's managers or regular employees or thieves or everybody. It's just so big and so fast, and you do so much in sales. But really, the I think the worst place I ever worked at was Kohl's because um, it was such lean payroll at the stores that I were, was at really like attracted just so many weirdos to come in. Whether it be like perverts or just like weird, just weird people, because there was nobody there. There was nobody there to watch them. They just kind of come in and fuck around, and it'd be like you and two teenage girls and a bunch of weirdos. And it was never going to change. There was a million things to do. I don't know. I guess that's kind of where I go. But they all, I mean, they all suck. Yeah, I mean, they all but, do. The level of suck just yeah. depends on where it's at. Yeah. I I, th- I think you made that, you know, that statement earlier. You're right. You know, it, it really depends on what, where your location is on some of these situations to the degree of shittiness it actually is. Definitely. Yeah. Like if you're in a nice cushy spot that, you know, isn't, you know, isn't going to attract a bunch of homeless people, drug addicts. That's one thing. Uh, if you have, you know, nine homeless guys lined up in your bathroom, nailing each other, oh, oh shit! <laughs> you have to address it. You have to address it. It's like not something they tell you about in the job interview, you know, <laughs> or, or send the 19 year old manager who is their first day. Like, Hey, head over there. Tell those guys to quit stripping in the uh, bathroom. So what's the worst, like, not necessarily LP, but let's just say like overall, because you've worked, you know, quite a few different places. Worst like customer meltdown you have seen. The worst customer meltdown. Uh, Whether it be theft or not. One woman. One woman. I, I guess I. There was a lot of. Um, so when I worked at Barnes & Noble, I worked in a, uh, a rich suburb of Minneapolis and there was a, a bunch of just like your classic Karen who can't believe that we can't do this or that. 
but my mind goes to a lot weirder. And I remember catching this woman shoplifting at Kohl's, super freaked out, didn't think she'd get caught. And she came right into the loss prevention office and took a shit right on the floor in front of wow. her. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. So once you get once, you win. Once someone's so nervous to take a shit right in front of you, right on the floor, and it was me, an assistant manager, and another guy. I mean, like once you see that, like <laughs> you're not really phased by like oh. that much. It's like, everybody else who was like, I've been punched in the face. And I'm like, well, at least she didn't shit on the floor. Wow. I, I got no words for that. Um. Our Irish yeah. connection asked all the places you worked who had the worst HR or are they all just equally useless? Oh wow, that's a tough one. <laughs> the I would have to say Walmart had some horrible HR. I don't know where they found these people. I've talked about it on my podcast. Um I've just like People who have like honestly like never been out in the world. They've certainly never worked in a store. Um, I had a friend who referred to a Tom Tom. You know, you might remember these before cell phones, but you'd put them in your car and they were like the GPS yes. tracker. And this HR woman thought that he was making uh, a Native American slur. <laughs> that the Tom Tom was <laughs> from a Tom Tom and was gonna fire him. And he's got kids, and this is like a good job for him, and he's like freaking out, and and it was all up to this idiot woman. This idiot woman had so much power, and and she didn't like go to the internet and look up Tom Tom or go over to uh, our sporting goods store. Um, and there was a lot of people like that in Walmart. And if you wonder why Walmart is always consistently in in trouble with dumb things, it's because they have dumb people working for them. Who overtake the smart people there? So, so you're saying there's strength in numbers? <laughs> yes, yeah. Unfortunately, HR strength in numbers. A Tom. Tom. Yeah, unfortunately, he was it wasn't IQ. Too. Wow, that is fucking nuts. Um, you had another question. A hero asked, "Do Walmart greeters really make a loss difference?" Um, when I was there, they did not. Um. They could have. We ha So when I was hiring for Walmart, and I don't know how this started, it was like somebody would come in to apply, and they were um, not right for any other position. And managers would be like, all right, we'll hire them for a greeter. Like, at least they can do that. Instead of hiring kind of like a regular person who would interact with customers, could, like, deter theft. So it just kind of, like... I don't know. No one ever told us to do that, but that's how it went. So you interview someone and they'll be like, well, I love to start fires. And geez, it's so much fun. <laughs> you know what? You're not right for anything else. I'm going to make you a door greeter. I'm going to make you, you know, a people greeter. Oh, shit. And, and that's not why you have so many weirdos. You're just like, ah. So let me ask. Plus, uh, go ahead. Let, so somewhere I mean, there's someone in the chat that knows where I'm going with this. So is the greeter position where employees go to die? Like you have like an associate that's just as shitty at everything you tried. You Let's say you hired him to work, you know, like the stock crew or whatnot, and that didn't work out, and they move him somewhere else, and they move somewhere Eventually, do they wind up being a greeter? So the saddest thing I've ever seen, I walk into a Walmart 
in the outskirts of Minneapolis, and a former district manager is the door greeter there. And I was just like, what? Holy shit. What happened? What happened? He's like, oh, just cutting down on hours and this and that. District fucking manager was a door greeter. Yes, that's where you go to die, the door greeter. That's the last, the last spot. I felt so bad. I hate being <laughs> made to feel bad over district manager, greedy idiots. But that was a tough one when you're like, holy shit, what happened? Wow. And he wasn't addicted to drugs or he wasn't an alcoholic. He's just a fucking idiot all the way down. That's what you he went got. from six digits to a fucking door greeter. He's making minimum like 300 grand a year. Plus probably some crazy shitty bonuses. Plus, you know, yeah, going down to Florida and partying. To a, a door grader. Holy fuck, man. That may be the best story ever. That is like you talk about <laughs> crash and fucking burn. Wow. I like my jaw never drops. I've seen everything. And it was just like, oh my God. What are you what are you doing? What are you doing here? Lord, man. I look, I, I going from a, a DM to a door greeter. That's some shit that i love these questions oh yeah um the chat the chat will um get get into it uh iris ask what is the funniest thing someone tried to steal um hmm, the funniest thing we had a lot of um two things one is when a wife at uh tries to steal a dildo or something like that, a sex thing, but then the wife gets caught stealing and the husband didn't know they were stealing. So you go out to stop them and he's, he, you know, the guy's like, well, fuck you. We didn't steal anything. And I was like, oh, I'm going to need those uh, vibrating condoms back. <laughs> and, the, and the husband didn't know that the wife had stole them. But there was also one from the book where the guy had stolen Preparation H. I wrote about this in the Walmart book and he thought it was for his teeth. What? And so if we had, if we he thought it was some sort of like tooth soother. So if we hadn't caught him shoplifting, he would have put preparation H on his in his mouth. Oh my god. I don't think he appreciated us, but yeah. Well, that's like, you know, where I live, you know, here in the south years ago, they did this skit because somebody actually bought KY jelly and thought it was Kentucky jelly. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some other ones that dumb people have have stolen. Um, Proto Ray says, "Have you? I'm sure the answer to this is a big yes. Have you ever witnessed someone attempt the old sticker swap and pay?" Oh my god, a million times. I so one time I was just on Twitter the other day. Actually, on TikTok, there's a bunch of people who kind of like post these things about how they go through self checkout. And they'll ring up an Apple for an Apple computer or whatever. So right at the beginning of self-checkout, I'm working at this grocery store. And we decide just for one day, it's just a normal store in the suburbs of Minneapolis. We're going to pull the person who kind of monitors it and see how many people we can kind of like catch fucking around. 28 fucking people in one day. 28 people when they saw that that person leave either would scan a bunch of random stuff. They would scan like all of the um, baby food and then throw a bunch of dog food in the cart. 
a lot of people would do kind of ingenious thing where they would scan a case of root beer um, and then have cases of beer. Or they would grab like a six pack of bottles and switch out the soda and put the alcohol in there. At this grocery store I was working at had high end beer. Yeah. So then you scan a four ninety nine six pack when it's really like fifteen ninety nine. Life pro tip. Yes. <laughs> um, and then a, a bunch of uh, kids did that too, which you got to give them props for trying to drink underage. Um, but the the ticket switchers were just endlessly constant at like Walmart and Kohl's where you have tons of stuff on clearance and it's like oh my god um, one woman she had a good one where she picked up a uh, coffee pot took out the coffee pot filled it full of shit $500 worth of stuff then buys the coffee pot it's all in a big box so you're just like oh Bought a nice coffee pot here, but it's filled full of five hundred dollars worth of DVDs and clothes and jewelry. Wow! Yeah, you know, there, there's some pretty ingenious shit. Look, I'm gonna give props to the kids putting fucking beer bottles and because <laughs> you know, because you know what, you, you can get like different kind of root beers and like the the bottle pack, and you can get um, Virgils and all these different like boutique soft drinks. That is, that's crazy. Uh, They're dedicated towards drinking, yes, when you're... So, in your time dealing with self-checkout, the people that monitor that, are they even worth a damn? Like, how much do you think is going out the door? Like, high-dollar shit on the regular? Probably, probably a lot. I've, I have found that uh, customers in general are not, they're not evil, they're definitely greedy. And so, especially when you're at self-checkout, you're like, oh, I forgot to scan down there. It's like endless. It's really endless when you start watching. And even good people do stupid things. And they're like, oh, I'm going to get away with not paying for that water down there. Uh, I mean, the the person who's standing there, again, it depends on who are they. Are they just literally just standing there not doing anything uh, or are they someone who has a little bit of uh, a little bit of moxie that can get in there and watch stuff? Um, I don't think it's much of a deterrent at all, but I mean, yeah, people who walk in and grab an entire cart of uh, bras or something and run out. So like one little high schooler standing at the uh, self-checkout isn't going to do a ton. Um let, let me let me ask. So you mentioned TikTok. What do you think about all this bullshit where they've got these TikTok challenges where they're going in and just fucking up retail places? Oh, my God. It fucking sucks. Leave us alone. Oh, my God. We have uh, at the store I'm at not just TikTok challenges, but like average everyday people doing these fucking scavenger hunts. We get these all the times at Barnes and Noble where it's like a citywide scavenger hunt and they have to come in and grab this book or they have to take a picture with an employee uh, holding a detergent. I'm like, dude, can you fucking leave us alone? Like you have nothing better to do on this beautiful day than run around the city going into different stores on this fucking scavenger hunt. You know, I. I, it's only a matter of time till it's like front page news. Some employee has snapped and like broken somebody's neck doing that shit. Yes. And 
I don't think it'll, it won't deter them, but yeah. No, it won't deter them. But, but, that's, but there again, when you talk about the plight of workers that work retail, grocery, service industry, or whatnot, nobody's protecting them from this shit. Nobody's making them stop. You know, one day, one of them's just going to have a fuck enough and be like, that's it. You know, the, the one good thing about social media is, is it's shown like how shitty people really are. And so some people take that and try to change who they are. And then it's also shown a bunch of other people like, oh, these are people I can fuck with. So I'm going to go fuck with people at this store. And uh, yeah, it's, it fucking sucks. Like we're, we're working. Yeah. Or trying to. Go make your video somewhere else. Well, speaking of video, Blame Tag has popped in the chat, and he says, "Yeah, he said, uh, had some girl set up a camera and start dancing in the middle of the aisle tonight. I would want to <laughs> run and like clothesline somebody's bam." TikTokers and Instagrammers and YouTubers. Oh my god, they're the worst. I mean, I don't think they understand how stressed and pissed off some of us are in this business. They, they, they really are taking their lives into their own hands when they do this shit. <laughs> you know, at uh, at Barnes & Noble, what was really annoying was um, from both sides of uh, politics, right and left, would come into a Barnes & Noble th- thinking they're changing the world, and they would, like, flip over every Donald Trump book or they would flip over every Hillary Clinton book, or they would um, move books or magazines around the store. And I wanted to grab them and tell them, it's like, you're not, you're not doing anything. Go get involved in politics, but coming into the store and making more fucking work for us is not doing anything. And it would just be fucking endless. So you'd like come into a section at the end of the night and you'd be like, fuck. Somebody took all of the Hillary Clinton biography out of the section and put it into the technology oh, section. Gosh. It's going to take, it's going to take. So we thought we were going to get out of here in 10 minutes. We're getting out of here in a fucking hour. Cause we got to fucking fix. This. Well, it's like the assholes that go into, I saw one on Twitter recently where somebody went into like Jesus's craft store and they've got like these big tables of like these big letters and they're putting like JFK junior and shit like that. It's it's there's um any any yeah any letters now are that's like TikTokers having to run over there and do something. I think we should stop selling them. Just pull them. Yeah, online only. That's the only way you can get it because you're just creating more work. There you go. Send that into the home office. Yeah, that's what we should do. We should normalize businesses not selling individual letters. That's what should happen. That would be a start. It would. It would. Um, now the Walmart thing interests me because you know, I'm not, I don't watch TikTok, uh, you know, much at all, but the one that I saw recently was, and I want to ask about your experience there. You ever have anybody build a fort inside the racking with the toilet paper? When I was at Walmart, that was not popular yet. So we didn't have TikTokers or anybody doing that to film it. We had homeless drug addicts definitely try to sneak in and sleep there overnight because our store closed. So, like, I remember we had this pillow display 
again, they weren't filming it or anything. They were just trying to have somewhere warm uh, to sleep and do drugs and have sex. <laughs> wow. Uh, hey, baby, let's have so sex they would, in the Walmart. They would, sneak into the, they would sneak into the middle of the pillow display and... Um, we would have, you know, every night one on like the closing checklist was like, check the pillow display. Um, at one of the stores that I do uh, loss prevention for, um, we had, I don't know if they were building a fort. I've seen that on TikTok too. Um, people just come in and do the weirdest shit. Now you don't even know what they're doing. You don't know if they're trying to make a video or if they're like, just an idiot or if they're drunk or if they're high, like at no time in the history of the world, is it harder to figure out like, what is this customer's angle? And us as customer service, people are trying to be nice and trying to uh, help them. Um, so you just have just like a random drunk idiot come in and take all the diapers off of the display for, for real, like what world is he in? I don't know. But he took all of the diapers off. It's going to take us like an hour and a half to put everything back. Ah, little things like that. Yeah. Um, this is a good question. Um, and I'm going to piggyback off of it and ask you another one since you were in LP for a while. What do you think of minimum wage workers running after shoplifters? What motivates them to do that? And then my add-on is, it's been my experience, is the employee that you have that is most gung-ho of catching shoplifters is a thief themselves. So to answer your piggyback question first, 100%, any employee who is super fucking mad at shoplifters is stealing. I have definitely, definitely see that too. Like they're just so upset. They're so upset. Endlessly, endless people. Oh my God, they can't get away with that. That's what I'm watching. Um, so two things with the uh, running after shoplifters. Usually it's against store policy. And the reason is, is because uh, at this point so far in the world, if a person gets hurt, it costs the company more money than if they lose merchandise. And at some point it might switch, but that's the way it is right now. So it's not that the company, I don't think these home offices don't care about us. It's just that it's more expensive if a person gets hurt. So that's kind of like my big picture. When you work in a store, there's fucking nothing worse than getting hit by shoplifters. It's super hard on morale. It sucks to work there. Somebody comes in, steals, runs out, and nobody can fucking do anything. So I can see why people do it. Um, I always tell this story about I worked at the store, and the regional manager came to visit us. And he was like one of these regional managers. He's actually a vice president. He wanted everybody to know that he used to be in loss prevention. And he's like, oh, my God, I know these cameras. I'll help you out here. And we catch this uh, chunky 15-year-old girl shoplifting. He's like, I'm going to go out with you. I'll show you guys how it's done. There's three of us walking out there. Um, this was somewhere in South Dakota. I don't remember what city. We ought to stop her. He's like, hey. Or with loss prevention, she turns around and maces him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Only him. <laughs> we were all like this. His eyes were fucking just huge. Um, and so I always tell that story when people are like, fuck these shoplifters. I'm going to run out and get them. This is bullshit. Like, th there is just such greedy people and they such 
do such dumb stuff and they don't care about us. And and that was a girl who wasn't even on drugs. So all of a sudden, if you're addicted to drugs, you're going to do fucking anything to get this merchandise so you can sell it for $20, $50. Um, I know how shitty it is to have people steal from your store, but I never recommend anybody doing anything. You know, because it, there's weird people out well, there. Well, you know, in society, so unhinged. I mean, we just watched, you know, two Hollywood actors slap it out on TV. So, you know, it's like it, my argument has been what happens if you get the wrong one who is down on their luck They're you know, they've got no money. They've got evicted. They're losing their wife. They're losing their husband, whatnot. You know, they got nothing else to lose, but somehow, some way they're packing heat and you go out to chase them out the door. I turn around and shoot you in the face. Yep. I totally agree. Yeah. It sucks when you're working there. It's so hard in the moment. Um, yeah, there's, there's no, there's no easy answer except for think about that, uh, you know, that person who got hurt or their ass kicked or their, the regional manager who got maced and said he would never go out on a case again. So I I will say, you know, you, you brought up, you know, you're talking about working at Kohl's from all the places that that you've mentioned that you've worked. I will say that Kohl's always fear feels the weirdest to go in. I don't know what the hell that is, but it, it just it just feels weird to shop in a Coles. That's interesting that you say that. Yeah, I had a bunch of such weird stuff there that I've talked about. I had this um we it was really like one of my first perverts that I ran into, but he would come in every day around noon and he would uh he would peep under the skirts of mannequins. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, what is this guy doing? Did he just steal a watch? Did he do something? No. He's looking under the skirts of the mannequins. And then one day he came there on a Saturday with his wife and kid. And we caught him uh, uh, looking under the skirt of a regular, you know, a, a, a woman who was alive. Just so disturbing. So disturbing. Like that guy's got to be a serial killer or something. Um, lots of weird stuff like that in Coles. We caught an off-duty cop. We were watching these two girls shoplifting. We kind of pan over. This guy's in basketball shorts, jacking off to them. Whoa! We, we follow him. We call the police, follow him. He denies it, denies it, denies it. We bring it back to the office with the regular police office and him showing him the video. Because the cop that we called, he's like, oh, he's an off-duty cop. Like, he's, you know, he's got to be legit, you know. And then we're watching, all of us are watching the video of him masturbate in the store. And he said that he was uh, aggressively itching. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, I, speaking of cops, Irish Connection asks, do cops get tired of stores that call them about shoplifters? And is there a dollar amount a store has before calling the police? Uh, every company has a different one. Uh, like I remember at Walmart, it was $25. Uh, some companies some companies call for anything. Usually it's like two items, maybe over 10 or 12. Cops, um, in my experience, um, hate coming to shoplifter cases if they're in a city that is busy and they have other things to do 
even when I was at the Walmart in the inner city, we had a cop who who sat there all day. Um, and I would get frustrated with police because that, you know, you're never walking into a domestic disturbance or anything like that. And somebody hands you like a written report and video. Here is the case on a silver fucking platter. Um, and it seems like every cop did not want to enter in paperwork or thought it was a waste of their time. Um, in the police's defense, a cop should not have been sent to those shoplifter cases 90% of the time. And it should have been a social worker or a mental health worker. Um, I'm of the uh, I'm of the ilk that we should change the whole police kind of system because we would have. I remember having like a 12 year old girl shoplift. She's like, I'm going to shoplift. I'm fuck my mom and fuck my stepdad. I'm going to make them so mad. Like she obviously has issues, needs some help. Something's going on, and you would have this cop come in and handcuff her, <laughs> throw her against the wall like he was going into a goddamn crack house, finding a you know a warrant. It's just like this 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 isn't what this girl needs, and it, I would see just like a lot of that. Um, but overall, police typically did not want to help us shoplifters just because it was more paperwork for them. Uh, you know, I commend you for that last statement. I, I, that's pretty important and pretty powerful that there are shoplifting cases where rather than it be law enforcement, it should be an intervention of some sort. A lot, a lot of them, especially at like Kohl's and JC Penney's where you're catching a 15 year old, 16 year old girls, 20 year old girls stealing clothes, you know, like tons of them, thousands of them. Um, you know, they need, Something's going on. They need somebody to get in there. They don't need to be thrown up against the wall and handcuffed or, you know. Um, yeah. So on one hand, I give cops a hard time for a lot of shit. And on the other hand, like, they're asked to do a lot of stuff that's just shouldn't be part of their job. And, I, you know, I don't know how we got here, but we got here. You're, you're right. I mean, that's, you know, I, I've got to say, I mean, that that's an impactful fucking statement, man. I mean, because, like I said, who steals from a Dollar Tree? Somebody who obviously is is going through some shit, you know, and they're looking at, you know, they're stealing like Vienna sausages or, or some shit. And you're right. They, they don't need to. It's not like a Rambo situation. And nine times out of ten, a lot of these cops, there's a dollar amount they're not going to prosecute on anyway. So you've just wasted their time. So why not have a system set up? To, if you got somebody who who's stolen like a five dollar box of Twinkies or some shit, there's got to be some other way to handle that. Definitely, yeah. Like that kid who who uh, ticket switched the beer, you know, he doesn't need to take uh, you know a cop off the street doing something more important if there is something uh, when we could maybe send over somebody who's being like, you know, you fucked up on this one. <laughs> you gotta wait till you're 21 to do this you know but lots of different approaches especially if you're in a population that has homeless people homeless people come in and steal even if it's like a soda or a snack or something and then they're gonna get um call the police they're gonna get brought to jail because they don't have an id or some bureaucratic stuff kind of like that we're just it's just like we're jamming up people um when there's there's something better to do to help them out, you know, did you know that there's social services 
two blocks away. At that inner city Walmart, I would catch millions of people stealing condoms. And a block away, they gave condoms away for free. No cop ever told them that, you know. And I'm sure it wasn't reported. It wasn't like every street corner there was a sign saying, hey, if you need birth control, here it is. Right. But, I mean, it was there. So, you know, it, it, it's kind of interesting because you see, like, in my area of the south, you'll see churches sometimes have, like, these little boxes on the side of the road that is kind of like a, a free pantry. Like, it might have, like, a can of soup or some drinks or something like that. I wonder how... I mean, look, these, these retailers make millions of fucking dollars. It's not like, you know, and they could write it off if they wanted to. What if, like, some of these companies decided, okay, we're going to have, like, basically a vending machine kind of thing where if somebody went in and said, hey, look, I'm homeless or I don't have any money or whatnot. I mean, because you, you can't give away the farm, obviously, but have an outlet to where somebody who needs something can get something for free. Imagine the first retailer that would do that, how that would go over from a PR standpoint and a humanity standpoint if they did that. Well, that is a great idea, and I wish they would, but all of the retailers that I've worked for don't even help out their own employees with basic stuff. I don't know. I can't remember where I was working, but there was. it might have been Barnes & Noble where it was like, Barnes and Noble gives away a hundred million dollars to you know wherever. It's like, how about you give us all like a two dollar raise, uh, free snacks in the break room, maybe free water. I mean, we don't need much, just little things like. Well, that. I hear they like having uh, pizza free, free health insurance or something. Yes, <laughs> one large pizza. I mean, but you're right. I mean, that's the thing. You know, you bring up a good point. You could do something humanitarian, you know, for like people in need. But, you know, there again, like you said, when you look at your employees, I mean, you know, how many employees are living paycheck to paycheck and all all that bullshit? You know, what's wrong with not have now I've worked some places where, you know, we did some neat shit like we we wrote off, you know, snacks you know, quite often, not, you know, just because, hey, you sold a credit card or some shit. Um, but, you know, I think if if the industry adopted more of a here's an essential need for our workforce, whether it be just something as simple as we're going to provide your lunch every day. You mean to tell me that somebody like Chick-fil-A wouldn't like partner up with a retailer to give away free lunches just for the fucking PR. Yeah, they definitely would. I mean, I just don't. I just don't think any of these home offices think like no, that. They don't. They don't at all. They just don't. So I mean, and that sucks. All right, sir. We're sitting at fifty-eight minutes. I want you to. I want you to pimp your books. And where can people find them? Um. You can find them, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, Dear Customer, the book about the coffee shop, I should note, is uh, being re-edited right now and will be available re-release with um, some uh, eh, a little bit of new material, uh, hopefully before the holidays. And then Walmart, I Don't Belong Here, that's available anywhere. That one will not be re-released. That's 
solid and ready to go. So yeah, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever you download your books, buy your books. And it's under your name, Sean William Brown, correct? Sean William Brown, yeah. yeah. Um, so I've got to ask you because uh, you know I mentioned this to Ranty. Are you down with a, a, a Ranty, Mister Brown, myself, an Irish connection throwdown one night in the future? God, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, it was great to hear the Ranty Bastard's voice again on his show, wherever that was last week or a couple yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, he's done two in a row. I mean, it's great. But I and I told him, and I, and I said, we wouldn't have a time limit on that one. He was like, well, hot damn. Instead of a six-pack, it can be a 12-pack. <laughs> so so uh, I'm open. Any Wednesday, I'm booked through the first week of next month. So anytime after that, if everybody can just agree on a Wednesday – We'll, we'll make it happen and it will be not really topic specific. I don't care if we're flipping for, you know, coins or taking shots or whatnot, but it's going to be one of those where we just go off on every bit of anything that's pissed us off in the business. So if you're down with that, um, and I told him, I would ask you, I'd put you on the spot tonight. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. I'm in for whenever. Give me the date and I, We'll make it happen. Sweet. That is awesome. I want to thank you so much for being here. And, you know, it's you, you've done great work, man. You know, there there's a lot of people out there who try to, um, you know, really enlighten people on all the bullshit we go through. And, you know, you've got a pretty big voice. I mean, you're, you're pretty popular and, and whatnot. So I, I'm extremely humbled, you know, that, that you came on, you know, with what we do. And like I said, blame tag is fucking ecstatic. So we'll just we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, but thank you so much, man. Um, you know, I've enjoyed it. And, you know, like everything else I do, I mean, it's all about community for me. And it's all about the more people we get together that talk about all this shit. And it doesn't matter if we rehash shit or tell the same stories or whatnot, because somebody new is going to wind up listening at some point. I do want to ask you, though, uh, being a writer and you having worked at Barnes & Noble, uh, what do you think about their current situation? Do you think they can be saved? Well... Not to get too inside uh, baseball here on the books, but um, it's going to be tough. So Barnes and Noble was sold to a hedge com hedge company or hedge fund company led by uh, an English bookseller named James Daunt, maybe like three years ago now. Before that, that team before that fucked over Barnes and Noble because they were a bunch of home office people in New York. And so what they would do is that they would tell every store in Texas, from Minnesota to Seattle to Florida, you all need to have the same books. And so what they did is that they alienated every every store is different. A store in Alabama should have different books than a store in Minnesota. I'm in Minneapolis. The store at the Mall of America should have different books than the store in downtown Minneapolis. But the home office always said, these are the books that you're going to sell. Um, they also had no answer for Amazon, and they just, you know, you can buy something cheaper on Amazon and get it faster if you order it, too. Um, so on a long enough time frame, Barnes & Noble is going to go down for sales, down for sales, down for sales, and they're going to hit a spot where people who just don't shop at Amazon are going to shop at your local bookstore, and that's where it's going to be. So I don't think they'll ever go out of business. They're going to be there. Um, but if you want to blame, like, why are there no more Barnes and Nobles or why are they closing or why is my Barnes and Noble book so expensive? 
or why does my Barnes and Noble book have all of these books about the New York Giants head coach, even though we're in um, Akron, Ohio, and we hate the Giants? It's because they had a home office that just didn't listen to anyone. And I was there for eight years, and we were telling them that all along the way, and they never listened. And it was my favorite store to shop at when I was little. So, Wow. Um, yeah. So there's your... <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's a great answer. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, you know, I live in South Carolina, okay? We don't give a damn about a football team, you know, from Oakland. Except the fact, you know, we have some players on there. But, you know, it's got to be specific to your region. And, and, and I yeah. guess, you know, what you're keying on there is they didn't have any market research or refused to. You know, you, you they just refused to listen to it. Yeah. And, and that's a shame because you're 100% right. A bookstore in each state is going to be a different beast to everybody else. It's like everybody likes to everybody likes to buy books by authors who are from their town and write about their city. And it's like a very it's a very easy premise and it's not something like I invented or thought of like people have been saying that for years and years. And so you're saying that that's where we're yeah, at. They should just uh, get rid of like the, the, the New York times bestsellers and start, if somebody come up with a bookstore that could, could actually regionalize with every location, they probably kill Barnes and Noble. Well, there's a lot of local bookstores that are doing just that. Yeah. That your independent bookstores that have kind of combined together and, um, so now Barnes and Noble has Amazon chipping away at them and independent bookstores kind of popping up throughout the world. So awesome. Yeah. Well, sir, thank you so much for tonight. We will do this again. And and, and when we plan this, this big shindig, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's, it, everybody needs to prepare. <laughs> Cause it's going to be like, I'm going to clear the house of the wife and kids. Yeah. It is, it's just going to be one of those uh, ladies and gentlemen, just get ready. It's going to be a bitch fest and y'all going to have to deal with it. <laughs> so, I mean, it, that's going to be fun, but thank you, Sean, so much for being here. Um, I will be in touch with you soon. I'm sure Ranty will as well. I, and I agree with you having Ranty, you know, he reached out to me and said, Hey, I'm ready to do this. I'm like, let's go. I mean, it's, it's good times, man. And it, and it's great hearing everybody's perspectives and the different things that you've done. So thank you so much, man, for taking the time. I know you got kids running around and all this other stuff, same here, but we do appreciate it. Well, I had a great time. Thank you for having me on any time. Look forward to being back chatting with everybody thanks for all the questions everybody too those were good that was good to hear you know, that's the best part about this is this is all community driven i mean I, that's why i want people on here with me that's why i want people in the chat and whatnot because it's it's all about you know multiple voices not just mine that's awesome thanks for having me. all right thanks man everybody uh next week i will be having uh pete whelan on he is a labor attorney in washington dc so that's going to be a really, really good one. He's obviously not going to offer any legal advice, but he's going to go through a lot of different things that people need to know as far as your rights in the workplace. Um, it's going to be a very brainy one. Actually, the next two are going to be very brainy. That one, and then I've got uh, Marissa Baker, who is a PhD, who did a study on protections for grocery employees during COVID-19. So bring your questions. It's going to be fun. But having said that, everybody, everybody have a great night, and we will see you next week. Thanks.